Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. Thank you for taking your time to be with us. Each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the Sport of Kings. Nine days and counting to Kentucky Derby 1. 37, it is coming upon us big time. If you're not ready, you better run and hide. Tons of information out there. You're going to want to pay attention all week. Something more importantly, this has been the wettest April in Kentucky history. Now, I know you might say, well, I'm in Arizona. I'm in New York. But they run the Derby in Kentucky. Been the wettest April in Kentucky. Keeneland's been saturated, and they have the poly track, and they're okay. But Churchill's good old Mother Nature dirt, and they have a very lush turf course. Kind of let you plan ahead a little bit. Oaks Day, Friday, May 6th, 40% chance of a shower, 71 is the high. Derby Day, 137, Saturday, May 7th, showers are likely 70 degrees, with so 30% chance of rain prior to that three days coming up. The sun is back out. That's been something we haven't seen much in the the bluegrass day, but just giving you a little something to think about as you're making your your derby hopeful wagers and be focusing on that as they're coming through. So you may want to find yourself a mutter. And out of the derby, derby 137, the factor is out and JP's gusto is out. So you're going to want to look for some mutters. See how they've they've done on off tracks. Take a look at the record on off tracks. Of the 14 that have raced on an off-track, eight actually have won, and only three are likely to run. A couple of sires that you may want to look at. I don't know if you're going to be able to find it too much. Is Wildcat Air and Distorted Humor. They do very well. Wildcat Air is 30% on the mud. Distorted Humor, 26% winner on the off-going. A little planning ahead there. Speaking about planning ahead, Winning Pony is on track. Hopefully you've been on the winning train, over 2.5 million in exotic predictions. We've got news, stories, blogs, free selections. Keeneland closing day tomorrow. We've got some free selections out for you. And the most accurate predictions out there. Definitely a one-stop shop. And if you purchase 100 winning credits right now, winning credits are what you actually purchase your your data with if you purchase 100 winning credits you receive an added bonus of 15 percent off and a free winning ponies cap and or t-shirt 
The predictions are easy to use. Color-coded tier levels that break down the action. Handy icons for handicapping notes, and that's really going to be important this week, especially for all-track specialists. In-depth rider trainer stats that will give you insight into how a team that is rider and trainer will work together. The biggins, that's how we've been doing. You can check our accuracy in the testimonials to hear what others are saying. Stop gambling, start winning. Check us out at www.winningponies.com. Check it out. And the best part about it, and I keep saying this over and over, you have a change of weather tab. If the track is, you know, you're planning for a sloppy track and it actually comes up pretty fast because the Churchill Downs crew does an incredible job, you can change and get a brand new set of predictions. And you're going to be able to pick up your information a little earlier this year. But you're going to have to check it out. I'm going to lead you right there. But the rest is on your shoulders because winning is a solo effort and you might as well do it right now because Winning Ponies is going to be there for you. Check it out, winningponies.com. What's happening tonight? We're going to do a little recap. We're going to talk about some biggins, a little story, a couple stories actually to get us started. Two guests on tap for this evening, agent, super agent, Mike Gonzalez for writer Eddie Castro aboard Toby's Corner. Then in the second segment, join us for longtime horseman William Jinx Fires, who will bring along Arch, Arch, Arch to the Kentucky Derby with his son-in-law in the irons, Mr. John Court. It's going to be a lot of fun. If we get a little time after that, we get a little final furlong handicapping. Hopefully we will, because it's always fun to toss out some winners right there. And without further ado, let's jump right in to what was happening last weekend. The Jerome Stakes, grade two at Aqueduct, 150000 up for grabs, going a mile. Adios, Charlie, goes to the winner's circle, Regime Marani, Irons to Stanley Huff, wins by two and a half lengths. The Coolmore Lexington Stakes, a grade three event at Keeneland, $200,000. Derby Kitten, right to the wires. Julian Leiprud and Mike Maker, these guys just tear them up. Wins by a length and a half. Derby Kitten, very impressive for the Ramsey Barn. They had a heck of a day. The Texas Mile, grade three, Lone Star Park. The sky has no limit. i got a great story on that one. You're going to want to stay tuned on that one. The sky has no limit. Wins a Texas Mile. Justin Shepard, Steve Asmussen by a half a length. The Whimsical, grade three, of Woodbine. Winner, Wildcat Marie, Tony Pizarro, Mike Dressler, teaming up a length and a quarter winner. The Ben Allies stakes Sakinlin, a grade three event. XI, wire to wire. J.J. Castellani, Ironsworth, Todd Pletcher wins by a length and three parts. The Snow Chief at Hollywood, Naham, Victor Espinosa, and Patty Gallagher wins by a dirty head. The B Thoughtful stakes at Hollywood. Ultra Blend is the winner with Joel Rosario for Art Sherman, wins by a solid length. The Tis Now Stakes at Hollywood, Amazombie, Joel Rosario, and Bill Spar teaming up by two and three-quarter links. The Melair Stakes, Miles Rules, Joel Rosario, again for Cliff Sice, wins by a dirty nose. The Giants Causeway Keeneland, yep, they were off the turf because they were slated for it. We've had a lot of rain in Kentucky, but Holiday for Kitten, the Ramsey Barn, Wesley Ward, the trainer, Jose Delgado, the winner, wins by a half a length. Very nice indeed. And that kind of gives you a little bit of a gauge of what was happening last week. The total biggins, we're going to start on Friday, April 22nd, had 101 total biggins. Leading the pack was Delta Downs in race nine, a superfecta key, $4,000.40. Not bad shooting. 
And then we go into Saturday, April 23rd, 155 total big in Sun Ray Park, Race 9, a Superfecta key. Strap it on tight, $17,754.80. Sunday, April 24th, 42 total biggins. Gulfstream Park Race 2, a Superfecta key, $5,063.20. Monday the 25th, 31 total biggins. Bouncing Beulah Park Race 7, a Superbox, $1,160.40. Takes you right to the cashier's box. Tuesday, April 26th, 56 total biggins. Mountaineer Race 4, Superfecta Box, $7,482.40. Wednesday the 27th, Turf Paradise Race Number 8, a Superfecta Key, $1,682.20. And on Thursday, and the races are still ongoing, but leading the pack is Cauldron Race Number 4, Superfecto, $894.20. As I said, catch your Kentucky Derby Fever, purchase 100 winning credits or more, receive 15% off and a free winning ponies hat and or T-shirt. Pretty fair value there. Because you're going to be going there, check it out. There are over $2.5 million in exotic predictions. Take a look at the member testimonials. They've really updated the site. If you haven't been back in a while, come on back. And if you have, check it out. I think you're going to like what you see. So you've got a little bit of, little bit of action. You've talked about recasts. You've talked about biggins. Now, this is something that caught my eye. Now, as, as a bit of a $2 player, now I would have probably had a couple bucks on this one here. Grab a hold of this one. Jockey rides winter despite battling staph infection. This is Grand Prairie, Texas. Glistening like a basted turkey, large drops of perspiration falling from his face and chest heaving, Justin Shepard explained that he had a, been in a local hospital for four days with a staphylococcus infection. Checked himself out Friday night and said he'd probably be back on Saturday. In between hospital visits, he won the $200,000 Texas Mile at Lone Star aboard the Sky Has No Limit. Now, when I was going down the recap of winners last week, I said, come back to this one because the Sky Has No Limit, Justin Shepard, I mean, he's basically unable to breathe, and he comes out and he gets aboard. All things considered, the jockey said he felt pretty good. As of late Friday night, it wasn't known if Shepard was able to ride Saturday. Now, this was last week, but it was a significant opportunity for the 24-year-old native of Oklahoma. A chance to ride a multiple stakes winner of nearly $600,000 for the winningest trainer in the country, Steve Asmussen. And Shepard wasn't going to let it slip by, nor did the sky has no limit. The 7-5 to favorite did not let him down. I kind of thought that was pretty nifty. I mean, I'm sure we all would have liked to have had a had a little uh, tidbit on that one as far as knowing what was going on. Here's some news that uh, kind of resonated in my head. It's bounced around for a while, and I've thought about it. I know you've heard about it. Durkin, no longer the voice of the Triple Crown. This is by David Grenning of the Daily Racing Forum. Three days before last year's Kentucky Derby, track announcer Tom Durkin found himself on a couch in Louisville in a psychiatrist's office getting hypnotized. Though he had called the world's most famous horse race 13 times, nine for NBC, he was feeling stressed out. It's always been stressful, said Durkin, who has prescribed an anti-anxiety medication to deal with it. Looking to alleviate that stress from his life, Mr. Durkin will no longer be the voice of the Triple Crown, deciding not to seek a renewal of his contract with NBC Sports. 
with whom he's been affiliated for 27 years. Durkin, who has called the last 30 Triple Crown races on network TV, will continue to work as the announcer on the Naira circuit, Aqueduct, Belmont, Saratoga, and he's under contract with Naira through the fall of 2015. NBC, now when I, when I actually put this down, it said NBC had officially said it had not announced, but actually the new announcer is going to be Larry Kalmus, who did an incredible job, and if you're wondering actually who that is, he was the one that the great announcer that talked about uh, uh, my wife has no clue, uh, and, and it was about the Mammoth Park race, about the two wives in the race, and it was a spectacular call. Larry Colmus, incredible job, and he's going to be the replacement for Mr. Durkin very shortly. This year's Derby is May 7th, followed by the Preakness on May 21, and the Belmont on June 11th. Durkin who called the first 22 runnings of the Breeders' Cup for NBC, had called all three legs of the Triple Crown on TV, albeit for different networks since 2001. Durkin, 60 years old, said he first thought of walking away from the Triple Crown last year, but therapy prompted him to go otherwise. He said the stress got to be too much. When you're walking around with a pit in your stomach for three months a year, just a general bad feeling of nervousness. You look up at the stress in the dictionary and you see his picture. Mr. Durkin, you're definitely going to be missed. I, I always enjoyed his calls of how he could actually pick up a runner along the rail. And then, you know, it, it, it just wasn't, you know, he, he was coming up the rail. Then he'd pick them up way out in the middle of the track. They'd be actually off the screen. And it was always a lot of fun to hear Tom Durkin's voice, his dulcet tones. It's it's going to be it's going to be different now. Larry Kalmus is is a great announcer. There's a ton of great announcers out there, but Mr. Durkin, you are definitely 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 going to be missed. Well, it is time to head out to our first break, and when we return, you're going to want to stay tuned. We're going to be speaking with Super Agent for one of the hotter riders in the country, Mr. Eddie Castro. But you're only going to hear from Mr. Mike Gonzalez if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? 
Tune into the Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, your host. And thank you for taking your time to be with us. Because without you, there'd be no us. And we're always grateful for your participation, for listening, to being with us, to checking out our product, and more importantly, to be on when we have our special guest. Joining us this week in our second segment is super agent for rider Eddie Castro, Mr. Mike Gonzalez. Mike, are you there? Yes, sir. I am, Ed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking time away from the family to be with us. We'll we'll keep it uh, brevity is best. We'll keep it brief so you can uh, attend to the important things in life. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it, Mike. If I, you know what? Before I jump into it, there was something that actually we spoke about earlier on the Daily Racing Forum site tonight. There was a remarkable article once again by David Grenning. I mentioned him earlier. Kentucky Derby. Castro on national stage. Tell us about that as the agent for such a talented young rider. Well, firstly, I want to thank Dave Brenner for uh, putting that uh, appreciation article, and it was very thoughtful. And uh, and uh, behalf of that, I want to thank uh, my behalf of the team of Eddie Castro of uh, of all the accomplishment that he's got to where he's got because he deserves it, and it's always a team effort to do. It takes two, like to say, to tangle, and he's been part of the team, and he's done a lot, and he's taken what I call the next step up uh, to the elites. And uh, and uh, without him, I could not be where I am at, you know, because um, I try to engage and get the best rides for him, and he gets the best out of the horses t- to be out here in the limestone and to uh, get these articles and and put out and be publicized, you know. So he's been a great a great kid. I call him a kid. He's 26, and he's like a son to me. But uh, uh, he come to me very highly recommended, and uh, and like I says, he's a guy that sent to me from Panama. His name is Raul. His nickname called Baby Arango, <laughs> and he's every bit of what he's done today. Of what he told me, how the from background to how he was raised, and to how he conducted his, his family, and to what he is right now. And and how he stays so humble and and like I said in these big races he's got ice veins, nothing gets him excited. He wins a race, a big race, the Breeders' Cup. He's like another race, calm, cool, collect. That means a lot for an athlete at his age to take the next level. And I respect that because 
I have part of it. Then when he won the Breeders' Cup, I share with it because I stay with him in uh, in Churchill. And he come back the next day, and after the race, he was like, we won another race. Nothing really got exhorted. He was really <laughs> down to earth. And I said, wow, Eddie, you just won a Breeders' Cup. And he was like, yeah, Mike, thank you, and let's go to bed and go to work the next day. And that means a lot, you know. And uh, not to change the subject, there was a day when he won nine races in Calder, and he was riding for mm-hmm. a gentleman down there in Florida called Marty Wilson who helped his career, and he won the Breeders' Cup for him. He was supposed to work a horse for Marty Wilson the next day, and that was the day he went nine races, plus he won the state. The next day, if you're you're affiliated with Calder, they got a monsoon rainstorm at 5.30 in the morning, and Eddie Castro was supposed to be at the barn to work a horse for Marty Wilson. Sure enough, at 5 o'clock in the morning, Eddie Castro drove up to his barn, and he was there, and it was pouring rain. And Marty Wilson picked up the phone and called me. He says, Mike, you won't believe I'm amazed Eddie Castro's here and it's pouring rain after winning nine races. I said, Marty, he's that kind of person. He's a hardworking kid, and he's accomplished for all that he's got. And that was very impressive, and I don't bring this up, but I just give him a lot of compliment for that. He's that kind of person. He's a hard worker, and where he's been and where he's at is because he worked hard. Very dedicated, very focused, and has the patience of, of a very, very solid veteran rider. What do you think are his strongest points as a rider, uh, you, you being his agent? Is it dedication, focus, patience? Uh, what do you think his assets are? Well, dedication is number one, and I've seen that from day one. Uh, when he came to this country, when he didn't have uh, two, uh, what I say, a couple dollars in his pocket, mm-hmm. he was always up in the morning early. He stayed with me for a couple for a couple of days. I invited him in my house to stay with me. He was up before me when I went to the bathroom to get ready. He was up and ready to go and get on horses early in the morning. And he always come to me and says, Mike, put me to work. Put me to work. I says, Eddie, take it easy. Everything will come and stry. And he come ambitious, hungry, but with good quali- with good qualifications. I mean, very uh, raised good, parent-wise, uh, I can see the parent they raised the way he raised. He was raised in a farm and country, come from nothing, and appreciate for everything that he was sent. He was one of the few riders sent to this country with, number one, a place to stay, a lady like a nanny cooking for him, and somebody driving him to work. And I say that because every rider that comes to Panama does not come that well recommended. They come on their own. They got to get their ride. They got to hustle to try to get a ride to the racetrack. They don't have a license. They don't have money to buy a car. Eddie was sent with all them qualifications, and Eddie took an appreciation to all them qualifications and took it and took it to the next level. He didn't abuse it, and he was appreciated from the guy that I say, Baby Arango, who is like a father to him and told me and paid for part of his visa. And Eddie went to repay him back, and he says, you don't have to pay me. I did it because uh, I respect you, and I love you like my son. So that's a, big, that's a big stepping stone there that a lot of these riders from Panama have never had the qualifications to come and, have, and, and, and bring that package deal with them. And, uh, and to this day, I talk to Baby Rango uh, all the time, and Eddie calls him up too, and I appreciate for him to put him in my hands to recommend them and, uh, and, and, and for me to go forward with, uh, with Eddie Castro. We're going on nine years, and it's been a blessing. And, and for Eddie's uh, uh, strong point, like you say, 
his dedication is working hard. His dedication is always studying, watching replays, and reading the forum, and asking questions, and me relating to watching him ride from my experience of not doing things that I didn't do or didn't want him to do. He always come back and relates to me. Thank you, Mike. I want to learn. I appreciate. And that, that means a lot a from a young kid. Someone like that. There's young kids and athletes that sometimes know a lot or know it all, but he's not that kind of person. He's very humble. He that is a blessing to work with a professional like that, and on especially on April ninth, the Wood Memorial at Aqueduct. Uncle Mo was the overwhelming one to ten favorite. The race appeared to look like a high paid workout, but Toby's Corner who had other plans. He was away in good order. The rider had a hammerlock down the backstretch. Eddie just looked so patient in the saddle, buried behind pace. But then describe your feelings when he explodes at at the eighth pole there. And Tom Durgan picked him up with about 70 yards to go as he stormed up and gets up at the wire, wins by about a length. Toby's corner, impressive, a Florida bred on his way to the Derby. Well, the night before we talked, and uh, uh, as funny, I live in Jersey, and I relate, and I got, and I have a place in uh, in Valley Stream, New York, that I stay when the weather's bad. But I always come to my happy home uh, to see my kids, and I always love because we draw early, and Eddie understand that, and he's well with that. I was driving in April eighth, Friday night, and uh, the wood was on the next day, Saturday, and as I left New York, it was overcast. It was okay. As I was driving down to New York, uh, I mean, down to Jersey, South Shore, I live in Oceanport, New Jersey, it was misery, raining, gooey kind of weather, and I got home to about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Eddie always calls me in after he relates after his rise. He calls me in about 4, 35 o'clock. And, and as I was driving it, I was like excited, and I said, wow, <laughs> it's raining. It's, it's, it's a gooey day. And they were calling for chance probably Saturday. I said, well, Lord, if it's going to rain, let it rain and bring it in tomorrow because this horse loves the mud. So Eddie calls me about 3, 4 o'clock after uh, about 4 o'clock, 4.30, when he gets done riding, re- relates with me at his mount. And I says, Eddie, I'm excited. It's raining here in Jersey. It's raining. He says, Mike, it's nice here in New York. It's dry and it's good. It's not raining. I said, oh, well, I was just getting my hopes up high, Eddie, and, you know, excited for you and the horse. He says, Mike, these are the words that came out of you. He says, Mike. Relax, be patient. Uh, Toby's corner is going to run big. I have a lot of confidence, and we're going to go forward. I said, that's a great attitude, Eddie. That's the way to speak, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm all for it. So make the long story short, the next day comes the wood, and, uh, and Eddie, uh, I seen him in the morning. He came out, seen a few trainers, and I think he worked the horse, and then he uh, shook his hand. I said, Eddie, I wish you the best. Have a good day. That's all I said, and he says, well, thank you. And uh, like you said, he rode a spectacular race, not because he's my rider, the way he rode it, patient, calm, collected. But not not, knowing Eddie, Ed, he had a lot of confidence with his horse. And after all, after the fact that he won, Grand Motion's never flown in till the other day for the wood with with Mrs. Diane Cotter for the first time. And Mm -hmm. I waited to call Grand Motion on Sunday because he was hammered with calls in Texas. I didn't want to bother him, and I wanted to call him on a day where it's quiet on Sunday the next day. And uh, I call him like at 1 o'clock on Sunday, and I says, Graham, um, sorry I'm calling you a little late, but I know you were hammered with calls, but I want to thank you and uh, appreciate for the opportunity, and thank you for the victory. He said to me, he says, 
Eddie could not stop talking to him in the paddock about having so much conference with his horse, which I always relate to Graham. I says, Eddie has a lot of conference. But I said to, to Graham that Eddie told me, he says, this horse went forward with the blinkers. He was more focused, all business, and plus Eddie having a conference. It's important to be conference with a horse and in conference with a trainer, and I think that all came together, and, it, and, and the performance, as you've seen, it all came on came through, and uh, and Graham was, like, tickled to death. He says Eddie could not stop talking about the conference with this horse, and and he told me, he says, I didn't know he had that much conference. I says, well, Graham, he did, and after the blinkers and after all, after the, the after, he has a lot more conference with this horse. So, Ed, uh, the performance and everything came together, and like I said, hopefully he stays healthy and they're going forward, and it's a wide-open derby, and uh, hopefully the good Lord that his chances are as good as anybody. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed on that, that he has a safe trip and a, and a fruitful trip. And uh, I'll wrap it up with a final question. As an agent, you play many roles, but one of them is a handicapper of sorts. Where would you like to see your horse placed if you could actually uh, ask the Lord for the, the, the greatest trip that you could? Where would you like to see Toby's Corner placed? Well, it's funny you say that because uh, I watch all this three, four rides that Eddie rode his horse, and I watched some of his replays, and that's what I told Eddie when he picked up his horse. I said, Eddie, before you ride this horse, watch the replays. I said these words to Eddie. If this horse runs to his breeding, Eddie, he's a good horse, and he'll run all day. After Eddie rode him and he won, he says, Mike, you're exceptionally right what you said, and don't try to lose this horse. He's a good horse. I said, Eddie, I'll do my half to keep you on him, and hopefully you ride him well, and we can stay together with him. <laughs> so... That was the first ride. Then he came back, and then he finished third. Sluggish kind of green. Then fired. Eddie and Graham thought that he kind of bounced a little bit. Now he came back. He put the hoods on, and he went forward. Now, considering the race the other day, being bounced, and not saying being bounced, and he breaks good. He's a good breaker. And getting shuffled and being bounced. Eddie says this horse could be placed anywhere. He takes bouncing around. The main thing for me, and like I say, I haven't said to Eddie because you got to first draw the race, have the post position. Eddie would sit down and look at the race and look at speed and look. Uh, he could be placed forwardly. He could be placed mid pack. He could be placed uh, shuffle back. The outcome does not make much difference to him because he kind of he's he's been through all that, and. And if you get the chances, if you get the chance, like Eddie said, when he's in mid-turn and when you want to make him run, if you get the clear to reel him out, he could be a better horse if you wheel him out. But unfortunately, the other day in the wood, he did try to wheel him out, but he was bottled up. He got through horses, and with the hood, he was all business. So he showed a lot of guts there. And uh, like Eddie says, just see what we draw, and we'll talk the strategy. But he could be a horse place. Pretty much anywhere you want him. He shows speed, but Eddie will not let him go forward. He'll just sit back or sit, put him in position where he feels comfortable and sit and wait and, and ride the race the way it comes up. So he's a horse that he's been tested, banged around, placed in between, break on top, sit back. Eddie took him back the first time he rode him in the mud, and, 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 and I was shocked. And, uh, and, he, and he took him back and, and put him behind horses to eat the mud. And he took it well, and then when he moved down the backside, he placed him and he went up on him. And so he shows a lot of determined and a lot of uh, uh, ability as an athlete to be placed wherever he, he feels the race is set up. So, 
that means a lot. Horse, not a horse, horse, horse and a confident rider are, are a dangerous tandem, and uh, he's he's as gutsy as, as can be. We can only ask the the man upstairs to give him a give him a, a the best effort that he can possibly do, and we can only hope for the best. Mike, I'm kind of pushed for time, so I have to roll on. On behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for your time and spending time away from your family to be with us. We'd like to wish you and your team the best of luck, and we'll be rooting for you, my friend. Good luck on that first Saturday in May. Well, thank you, Ed, the same way, and likewise, and thank you for your team effort, and I wish you all the best, and uh, and uh, hope we will see you at the Derby. Thank you so much. You better believe it. Mike Gonzalez, Super Agent Eddie Castro, he's a man that's very excited because He's got a lot to say about a very talented rider. And we've also got another gentleman trainer, and he has been holding very patiently online. Joining us now as our second guest will be Mr. William Jinx Fires. Jinx, are you there? I am here, yes. Thank you for taking your time to be with us. Uh, Jinx, uh, you've, uh, you've got a little runner by the name of Arch 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 heading to Louisville. Right. We're pretty pretty excited about him. He's uh He's a nice little horse. He's done what we, we've asked him to do. He's had some problems in some races, but he's he's come through and, you know, went on and ran big races even after situations he got into that was not, not good in most cases for horses. It was an incredible run in the Arkansas Derby, and, and I was really excited. But before we actually get there, Jinx, uh, you've got quite a family connection in the sport of racing. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the family connections to the sport, uh, siblings, and even with John Court? Well, there was nine of us boys, and uh, all of us but one have been in racing, most of us have. Uh, most of us are still in, but there's a couple of them that are, that are not. But uh, I've had brothers that are one. My oldest brother is an outrider, and of course I train. And then had uh, another brother that was exercise boy, and and he worked on the starting gate. And had another brother that he he gallops and breaks horses. And then of course early. You know, he was a nation, ninth all-time leading rider, you know, and he's retired now. I've been retired mm-hmm. now for years. And then uh, I have a brother that was a leading rider in Ohio, and he he got paralyzed from a riding accident, Jackie. Jackie. And I have a couple of brothers that are blacksmiths, and uh, <laughs> so we're all involved. <laughs> Very involved, and you know, I, I even made kind of a uh, little digression there. Uh, I, I live in the Kentucky, Ohio area, and I said I had the pleasure of watching a man ride five thousand plus winners by the name of Perry Oots. And he is a cousin. He's a second cousin of mine. His mother and I were first cousins, so he is a, Perry's a great rider and very, very hard rider. He does his talking on the track. He's a man of few words, but a lot of action. Always a lot of fun. This year for Kentucky Derby 137, Jinx, you and your son-in-law, John Court, are going to make your way to Churchill Downs. This has to be a dream come true, working with a man whose skills you know very well. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, John, of course, he's married to one of my daughters, and uh, he. John was riding for me before he ever met my daughter. He had won a lot of races for me when I raced in Louisiana and, Oak, of course, Oakland Park. But 
anyway, uh, we've uh, we've been friends for a lot of years, and uh, now that he's my son-in-law, we're still friends. <laughs> so, anyway, we got they got a little daughter, granddaughter, and she's if you know it's my throat's a little raspy. She came home with strip throat and gave it to me, of course. <laughs> oh my goodness! But no, anyway, wait, no, wait a minute. Is 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 he married to Crystal? He is married to Crystal. I met I met her in the winter circle at Turfway Park once upon a time. Is he uh, he rode many a winter there? My other daughter, she she does pony work and she works in the afternoon. She's she will be taking him to the post. Hmm. And uh, so anyway, she she took mine that bird to the post when he won, and she's that was pretty exciting for her, you know, and of course us too. <laughs> I would say so for the for the whole Fires clan and at and, and all, I mean, for everyone involved. Uh, Jace, arch, arch, arch. Uh, six starts, three wins, a second and a third. John Cordabound for all his mounts. Uh, what can you tell us about this son of Arch? Is is he really uh, tuning up for his big race, uh, in, in your opinion? Yes, he's doing really well. In fact, we're going to work him tomorrow morning. We've been kind of waiting on the the track you know to uh get, uh we've had a lot of rain here and track has been really muddy i probably should have worked him the other morning but i thought the track was really too hard and i waited on it but there were some horses that worked and uh they worked very fast because of the track being so hard and they had rolled it because of the rain to try to keep from washing away so anyway it I think it'll be perfect tomorrow to work on. They have a tremendous group at Churchill Downs that actually puts the track together, uh, and uh, a tremendous track crew. I, I mean, one of the best, if not the best in the nation, recognized in the world. If if the track would come up a little soft, a little muddy, a little off, is this going to affect Arch's uh, performance? You know, I don't think so. I don't, I don't believe he's a horse that we have to carry the track with us to make him run well. I, you know, a lot of horses either got to have it where they hear their feet rattle, or they got to have it where it's deep enough where they they don't, you know, bruise your feet or whatever. You know, they. But he's pretty much uh, a horse. I think you can run him on any type of surface. I think he would still try hard. He's. We ran him. First time here at Churchill, and he got away from the gate a little bad, and wound up uh, got up and ran, finished second. And then we ran him back at the fairgrounds in a maiden race, and everybody thought I was uh, ran him in a stake, and he was still a maiden. And I guess some people down there asked me, "So what are you crazy? There's a maiden race the same day. Why wouldn't you run him in that?" And I said, "Well, I think he's a pretty good horse, but at the same time, if he doesn't win any enough money." He's not going to be eligible for the Southwest, and that's what I was shooting for at Oak Southwest Stake at Oakland Park. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he didn't let us down. He won that, and then we brought him up in the Smarty Jones race, and he was fourth on a bad track. It wound up, uh, he came out of the race with a, a hawk that was filled up. We think he hit a soft spot because the track was, had been thawing out. We think there was a soft spot that he hit and kind of didn't didn't handle it well and twist his hock a little bit, but we worked on him and then ran him back in about a month and of course he came back and won the Southwest and uh, then we ran him into Rebel. He had the one hole, the two horse flip 
over, got upside down, kicked him all over, and we were very lucky to have a horse after that. Gate crew said, said he got kicked all over. I don't know how in the world he ever run a jump. Said they 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 were afraid he's going to get his legs broken. That's how bad he was getting kicked. But unfortunately, for them, they had all the pony people had given the horses to the gate crew, and they had to give them back to the pony people before they could go get this horse up and get him out of there and get my horse out of the gate, our charge. So anyway, they got him out, and the vet looked at him, and he, he felt like, well, maybe he, he jogged him, and he said it felt like he was okay. Had I been there, I probably close enough, I would have probably scratched him, but he made the right decision, thank goodness. He went on, he ran third in the race after being beat up like that, and uh, then, of course, we ran it back in the Arkansas Derby, and he he came through again. So we we feel pretty good. We think we've got a, a good horse here. Well, I, I don't think you're alone. And after watching from a fan's perspective and someone who actually really enjoys watching uh, watching fine outfits pull it all together, Arch 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 ran just a a beautiful uh, beautiful race that day. And you know, you, you alluded to you had a maiden trip at Churchill. And you, you you had a horrible trip that day, uh, studying at the five ace, and you know right. running running at Oakland on that surface, and now you're going to be in Churchill Downs. Do you feel that the surfaces are are near? Or are they far apart? Uh, will one benefit from the other? I don't think so. You know, I Oakland was pretty hard all winter. Most time the track was a little too fast. Most time, in fact. Uh, the one day that we that we were third in the Rebel, that was the track was so fast that day the horse the factor got out on the front end and mm-hmm. you know no nobody could get close to him. Our horse made a run at him, but it was just you know we got so far out of it on a speed bias track that there's no way we could get to him at the time. But our horse still ran well and you know in that race and still finished you know he finished third, but. Was, I don't uh, think I don't think that he's actually, in, in my opinion, from uh, watching him, and, I, and I've watched most, and I went back and watched all the replays, and, and a couple of them I've caught actually, uh, you know, in a timely fashion when when he actually applied it, uh, uh, his efforts uh, live on that day, which was even made it that much more exciting. You know, I, I keep coming back to you know that Louisville track and what made me, you know, as soon as you said it, it, it gave me a mental note there that uh, you know. Even all the rain we've had in Kentucky, you're not blinking an eye with Louisville being on an off surface. I like that. Right. So, we're. Did I lose you? No, 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 no. I'm still oh, okay. here. Okay. Uh, would you do the question again? I kind of. I think my well, we'll, we'll just jump right on to the next one, uh, Jenks, if we may. In, in your okay. career. For you, who has been one of your best teachers or mentors that taught you the little details about what a horse can benefit from, such as blinkers, butte lasix, or different bits, etc.? Who's been your best teacher and mentor in your life? You know, I've, I've had a lot of good people in my life. Van Burt, uh, Dr. Harthill, Doug Davis. I, you know, I, I worked for him for a while, and. Uh, a lot of a lot of good people I work for. I've been in New York, worked for Phil Johnson, and uh, different places over the years. And you know, I, I Doc Hardiel, the words he always said: "Pay attention." He said, "You can learn from an idiot. It might be the right way not to do it." <laughs> <laughs> so, 
he, that was what he always would say. He would say, pay attention to what's going on. He said, you'll, you'll learn something. But, and he always, you know, I, I used to help him a lot, so I knew, I learned a lot. And, of course, he learned from his father and his grandfather. Both of them were veterinarians. So, you know, I, I, I think he helped me as much as anyone, you know, in the horse industry. Of course, my dad, you know, he, he taught us how to work. <laughs> Well, that's always important, uh, your father passing it down. And when you mentioned Dr. Hardell, I had the uh, the opportunity to meet him on uh, more than one occasion and chat with him on uh, more than about six or seven right in the paddock itself at Turfway Park. And uh, he, he was about as straight as they actually came. He didn't mince words, and he told it just the way it was. That's right. He, he didn't pull any punches. He... No. Unfortunately, some people would get offended by what he said, but if they stopped to think about it, he was right. <laughs> sometimes so, the truth stings a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it does. It does. You know, when you look at Arch, 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 is there anything that stands out in your mind which makes him special? Was it something that you saw early on, or is it the way he carries himself now? Is it his physical confirmation? What caught your eye as a trainer? Well, when... When I bought the horse at the sale, of course, you know, his physical look, you know, at first caught my eye, and then I confirmationally checked him out, and he was, I thought, perfect horse. And, you know, he just, you know, and he had the right attitude. I tell you, uh, when he's walking back in the back, he just walked with confidence, and all the other horses were jumping and diving around. He just, you know, he didn't pay much attention to that. He just went on about his business, and just walked around there with a lot of confidence and you know i just really liked the horse then i went to see what his bloodline was i didn't even i saw the horse first liked him and then i checked the bloodline and we uh i we always buy that buyer's guide of course you can always call i, I keep it mm-hmm. with uh, a boy that's my assistant i call him up i said well check the bottom pedigree on this thing to what the offspring have done it's not in the catalog so we did and then i called the owner i said look i found a horse i'm going for him he said go ahead and he said i'll watch him on the computer so we did that and of course i, I believe best i remember i did call him and say we're going in the ring if you want to watch it and i'll keep you on the phone we'll talk about it so that's what we did i think well, he's, he's really turned out to be something special and, and definitely been uh, something special in your life. Training horses over 50 years, uh, your first grade one winner, I believe, and I hope I'm not wrong on that. But and your correct. first, Well, I, I'm glad I had that one because I surely wouldn't want to miss that one up. And your first derby trip with your son-in-law, this has to be really special. Is it is it a factor for you personally as a trainer, as that 20-horse stampede comes out in Louisville, where you're going to want to be placed Actually, uh, I would love to be, but you know, maybe a fourth field playing there just off the pace somewhere, and hopefully the speed will be out there, speed buys. Um, I'm not speed buys. Hope there'll be some speed horses out there, and not one horse get out there and enter, you know, go run off by himself. I hope somebody goes with him and and keeps, you know, keeps control of him and keeps the pace running on the front end fast, so we get some kind of a chance to sit back and make a run at them. That's, that's what I would like to see happen. You know, I... I horse field, you, gotta get, you just hope you have a good, safe trip. That's the main thing. 
Yes. Well, you're you're definitely in good hands. I think you know your writer very well. You've, as you said, you've worked together extensively over many years, and you know with the 20 horses, uh, you, you definitely have to have a safe trip. I kept looking at the field, Jenks, and it looks like it uh, it has a quite a bit of speed. It looks to be an honest pace going into that first turn. Sure does. I, I've been and in fact, I've got them right here in front of me, looking at them. I've been looking at them tonight, <laughs> trying to figure out who's going to be on the front end and who's going to be pushing. So, anyway, it looks like they'll have some speed in the race, and I, I, I think that'll be good. Well, I, I definitely think it should set up, especially after watching the Arkansas Derby when Sway Away drew away about the, the eighth pole, and uh, you gobbled him up coming down the lane. I, that was so exciting for me. I know that had to bring chills to your uh, back of your neck. It did. It did, and, of course, uh, I think it excited the whole Arkansas state of Arkansas, everybody says <laughs> they're going wild down there. Everybody has <laughs> had to leave soon after the, the meet was over. But uh, I guess they're really, I, I guess Oakland Park is. They say they're just going wild down there at the track, and of course the whole city. And my wife, she's still down there, so she goes to all these restaurants and there. She said everybody's just that's all they're talking about, arch, arch, arch. So <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully he won't let any of us down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people have a rooting section, but when you have an entire state behind you, uh, I'd say that you, you definitely got the uh, the numbers. <laughs> if it's a numbers game, I think you, you win by that alone, and that's really going to be exciting. Jenks, I, I'd like to thank you on behalf of Winning Ponies for, for, for taking time to be with us. We'd like to wish you and yours the best on and off the track. And when they turn for home, we're going to be rooting for John Court and Jenks Fires to make it a family celebration in the winter circle, my friend. Thank, thank you very much. And, you know, Kentucky's my second home. I spend all my summers here. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, I, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Jenks, and best of luck on that first Saturday in May. That's been Jenks Fires. He's joined us and was very nice uh, kind of letting us kind of take a peek behind Arch, Arch, Arch and get a better understanding of uh, what, what, he's, what he's facing and what we can uh, expect as fans. So, in fact, we've had uh, two very, very solid guests tonight. We've had an agent on for Eddie Castro, who's going to be riding Toby's Corner. William Jinx Fires is bringing Arch, Arch, Arch along very nicely. Both are derby-bound. Both are going to be making it happen. So you're going to have to uh, take that for yourself. The thing that I liked about what Jinx had to say was, uh, you know, if it is an off-track you know, and, and in fact, I just said that, you know, the weather report, the early weather report was saying that uh, there, is, there is a great possibility of rain Friday and Saturday. So he doesn't feel that Arch, 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 you know, could be affected by this, you know, which really lends even more confidence to, you know, to what's going on uh, in, in my heart. Uh, after watching him in the Oakland uh, Derby, if you go back and take a look at that race, at the, right about the eighth pole, you saw Sway Away, the Sway Pack, just uh, draw off. And, you know, at that point, if you just said, could you make a $2 wager, I would have said, well, yeah, I'd make it a $4 wager. I would have taken Sway Away. And Arch 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 gobbled him up, but right behind him was a runner by the name of Nero. 
who actually, it never looks like he just never gets enough ground, but Arch, Arch, Arch dug in and held him off gamely. I think he's only going to do better off that. Actually, lightly raced with six starts, and coming into the Derby, I don't think that they've gotten to the bottom of their runner yet, and I think uh, Mr. Fires is 70 years old, and uh, you can kind of hear that tempered, measured confidence in his voice. So looking forward to seeing both of them on the first Saturday in May, which is only nine days away, nine days. So if you're going to go on vacation, make it some other time, or you're going to miss Derby 137. But this Saturday, Churchill Downs opens under the lights at 6 p.m. And if you've never been down, I think you should really put that one on your bucket list. If you would have ever told me that Churchill Downs was going to have, you know, nighttime racing or under the lights, I would have said, you're crazy. It's a, it's a place of history. The Twin Spires, the Derby, the Breeders' Cup. And, and in fact, they, they've just, they, they continue just to evolve. They're like Keeneland in so many ways. They're on the cutting edge of what racing actually needs. Churchill Downs opens this Saturday at 6 p.m. under the lights. And that just happens to be the Derby Trout Day. And it is a grade three event. It's a one-turn mile. The Cliff's Edge Derby Trout is grade three, $200,000 up for grabs. And these are one of the three races I was going to chat about here as we do some of our final furlong handicapping. Race eight on the card, slated to go up at 9.39, nine go postward. And, you know, there's a pretty hot pace in here. There's a couple really, really nice runners. There's traveling man Johnny Velasquez in the air for uh, Todd Pletcher aboard Traveling Man, going to have a lot of speed. JJ's lucky train, the five horse, with Jose Ferrara. Also, uh, it, it looks to be a very versatile animal. Eight starts and seven of which are in the money. And, uh, and, and I keep looking back in the one Duca. Duca right along the rail with John Court for D. Wayne Lucas has got nothing but blistering speed. And uh, I see a very, very solid pace there. This race is actually my favorite of the, uh, of the weekend, of, of the three to, uh, to really sink my teeth into. And I, and I went back and forth between Traveling Man and J.J.'s Lucky Train and trying to, uh, trying to uh, you know, visualize that scenario of pace. But I come to the, the three in this mocking. And he's five to one. Edgar Prado in the saddle for trainer Neil Howard. Neil Howard started off in a scream this year and has been just kind of quiet as of lately. He's winning 14% on the year, but if you take a look at Machen, he really looks like he fits. Made a middle move, and this is one of my favorite handicapping uh, handicapping moves. He was sixth, ninth, eighth, moved up to be third, and finished fifth. But they were going a mile in an eighth in the Louisiana Derby. He was only four to one against Pants on Fire, Nero, and Mucho Macho Man. So he, he finished four and a half lengths out. I think Machin really looks good. A son of distorted humor, and uh, and they're cutting back to the one turn mile, which I think is going to play into his his quarter. Actually, he ran a very nice race in the Risen Store, going a mile and a sixteenth, and and an optional optional climbing fifty, going a mile and seventy, wins by a screaming five lengths. All four times this uh, three-year-old colt has run, they've actually been on. But Monken really catches my eye, dropping back from a grade two to a grade three. You know, for me, you know, I, I, I believe that this, this could really be the surprise that, you know, that you've been waiting for. And especially at, at five to one, I, I would consider that a pretty good price. I was uh, chatting with somebody earlier, and, you know, they felt like, you know, five to one wasn't, uh, wasn't enough price. But you know what? If I could get, uh, if I could get five to one at the windows, I'd say bet early and bet often. I say Edgar Prado 
is about just in, uh, just in a groove in the year to actually wake up and make things happen. Another race that caught my eye was the ninth race at Calder, slated to go off at 4.09, and that's Eastern time. It's one mile on the turf at Calder. It's the grade three Miami mile. And, and in this race here, I really came out with one that I absolutely love, and that is the three, and that is Voodoo Swinge, Jersey Joe Bravo, and the answer Christophe Clement, three off and I mean, three coming back off of the layoff, and both efforts have been screaming, closing, fast, wide moves. Actually, seven starts, five wins, and one-third, so six for seven lifetime in the money. And it's a five-year-old uh, horse by a bridled song. Christophe Clement is an incredible turf trainer. Jersey Joe, wherever the money's at, you're going to see Joe in the saddle. You've got a huge closer here. And, you know, I, my only concern is, will there be enough pace to actually set him up. But, you know, I really think that Joe is savvy enough that, you know, if, if the clock is moving slow, he'll go ahead and he'll push the button and he'll get involved in the race. He's not going to get caught uh, without that clock in his head, per se. He's going to make it happen. And I really like Voodoo Swinge. And uh, right right now, at this price, I would have to say that, uh, you know, you're, you're just going to have to take every bit that you can get in uh, right now at 5-2 to two on the morning line. Uh, Mocking was a 5-1. to one. And at 5-2, to two, I, I really see this as, as good value for a very solid closer. And, and I've been watching Joe Bravo all year long. It seems like every track that he, that he tacks up at, he, you, get the best, you get the best of his abilities. And it just seems like, just like wine, he's only gotten sweeter and better with age. And he's actually one of our guests on, I'm going to say, probably a month or so ago in Jersey Joe, a fine gentleman. So I like Voodoo Swinge in the ninth race at Calder. And then rounding out my last pick, and that's the ninth race at Belmont, and it's slated to go up at 5.17 p.m. is the grade three Westchester. Once again, a one-turn mile. I love one in here. And I think if you actually take a look at it at 4-1, to one, Christmas for Liam, J.J. Castellano, Todd Pletcher, third start back from 2010. I love this angle here. Both times, this four-year-old colt by St. Liam has been heavily backed. And I, I say that's a big uh, plus there. Two for two in the money at Belmont. And here is my selling point for Christmas for Liam, three for three with wins at the distance. So I like three races this weekend, the Derby Trial, I like Machen, and the Miami Mile, I like Voodoo Swinge, and at Belmont in the Westchester, I like Christmas for Liam. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. Winning Ponies would like to thank Mike Gonzalez, agent for Eddie Castro, William Jenks Fires, as they tune up their way for the Triple Crown, which is only nine days away, and we are counting. The truth will be found out, so don't go anywhere. And be sure to join us next week as Dangerous Dan is going to be in the house with us, and we're going to be dissecting the Oaks and Derby card and the great undercards for both days. And hopefully we're going to be finding out some winners that actually pay some really good cash, so you're going to want to tune in next week. So until next week, may your winners be many, your photos be few. Nine days and counting, everyone. We'll see you next Thursday. Good luck and good night. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.